Today's scripture reading is from Psalm chapter 68, verses 1 through 4. May God arise, may his enemies be scattered, may his foes flee before him. As smoke is blown away by the wind, may you blow them away as wax melts before the fire. May the wicked perish before God. But may the righteous be glad and rejoice before God. May they be happy and joyful. Sing to God, sing praise to his name, extol him who rides on the clouds. His name is the Lord, and rejoice before him. When I took my mask off, I was waiting out of concern that you might say, put it back on. <laughs> it's in the way. Is that better? When, uh, when Pastor Daniel invited me to come and gave me the option to either be here in person or to join you virtually, I just could not imagine passing up the opportunity to be with you face to face today. And while I know there are others that cannot be here today, I'm delighted that you're joining us, but I'm especially pleased to see real people in a real place worshiping God today. When I think of this worship service, your team does such a magnificent job of preparing our hearts for worship and to prepare for the time for a message to be presented. And I commend each one of you. I, I, I do have to just take advantage of the opportunity, though, and uh, say uh, to the brother that was pointing out the place on his nose and on his face, uh, it's okay to admit that your wife hit you. <laughs> you don't have to cover that up for others. I could not resist, I'm sorry. But as I think of this COVID-19 season in which we have lived, and in some regard in which we are still living, I must say to you that throughout this time, I've been reminding myself that God is God. I'm not God. You're not God. We are not God. We would have chosen to do things differently if we were God. But God in his infinite wisdom has chosen to help us navigate this pandemic in the way that we have. And I'm, I just say to you, I am more confident than ever in the power of our almighty God and his ability to impact our lives through everything that comes our way. He is indeed God. I'm not.
when I look at the passage of scripture that was just read to you in Psalm 68, I, I, I love seeing those words as a reminder that God is God. I, I think perhaps at some time in the past you've heard the chorus or song that uh, has been sung many times in the past entitled, Let God Arise. And it says, let God arise, let God arise. Let his enemies be scattered, but let the righteous be glad. Yes, let them rejoice with gladness. God has triumphed mightily. Let God arise, let God arise. Let his enemies be scattered and let the righteous be glad. Yes, let them rejoice with gladness. God triumphed mightily. Let God arise. Uh, that is taken from Psalm 68, verse 1. Uh, and the reading uh, that we had just before I stepped up uh, is Psalm 68, verses 1 through 4. Uh, I, uh, I love the emphasis upon the power of God and the indication that God will simply rise up. Uh, may God arise, may his enemies be scattered, may his foes flee before him. Today we need to be reminded that God is so powerful that even his enemies are scattered at the presence of God. And we need the presence of God at work in our lives so that we can be constantly aware that it's not through our might, it's not through our strength, but it is through the power of God and the presence of God that we see him at work. Uh, it says, may you blow them away like smoke. As wax melts before the fire, may the wicked perish before God. But may the righteous be glad and rejoice before God. May they be happy and joyful. Sing to God, sing in praise of his name. Extol him who rides on the clouds. Rejoice before him. His name is the Lord. And I've taken the liberty to now be prepared to read to you from a paraphrase entitled The Message. And I found it very enlightening to me to look at both that reading in the New International Version and in the message, and incidentally, uh, I, I don't want to be uh, making any statement supportive of or against the message, but you do need to understand any time that someone reads from or quotes from the message, it actually is a paraphrase. It, it is not a version of the Bible, it is a paraphrase that one man Put together, But I love this wording. 
up with God, down with his enemies. Adversaries run for the hills. Gone like a puff of smoke, like a blob of wax in the fire, one look at God and the wicked vanish. Is that not powerful? Uh, is that not what we want God to be like? We want him to have that power and majesty over all of his enemies. It then says, when the righteous see God in action, they'll laugh, they'll sing, they'll laugh and sing for joy. Brothers and sisters, we need to see God in action these days so that as we see him in action, it brings laughter rather than happiness. We've gone through a pretty tough time. You've seen it. We've all experienced it. Some have been more devastated by the COVID pandemic than others. Uh, even in uh, the churches that are part of the Baptist Convention of New York, frankly, we've had a lot of people sick. We've had some that have died. And we have some that are just so discouraged because of the struggle that they've had. Don't we need some laughter and some joy? Don't we need to sing for joy? Don't we need to rejoice in the Lord? He further says in the message, sing hymns to God, all heaven, sing out. Clear the way for the coming of cloud rider. Enjoy God, cheer when you see him. I, you know, I, you perhaps can tell by my accent that I've not always lived in these northern states. Uh, some of uh, mine and Elizabeth's relatives had the opportunity to attend the parade in Atlanta, Georgia uh, this past week celebrating the Atlanta Braves winning the World Series. And uh, let me just quickly give this footnote. All my life, I have been a New York Yankee fan. Uh, but they are Atlanta Braves fans. And over a million people turned out for a short parade, but it was a magnificent celebration. Let me assure you, that celebration was minuscule in comparison to what it is going to be like when King Jesus comes, and we, when we have him before us. But even between now and then, we must have times of great rejoicing. I, I think when we take time to consider that God is God, it occurred to me, especially in the last 24 hours, one of the things that helps me understand how great our God is are some of the I am statements that Jesus made in Scripture. And uh, I, I, I'm not going to take time for you to uh, 
reflect much on these. You may want to make a note of them. In John chapter 6, verse 35, Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. Isn't that the kind of God we want to be following? The one who is the bread of life? Jesus also said in John chapter 8, verse 12, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. I've got news for you. Sometimes after we begin following after him, it's as though we lose our way and we lose that direct concept of what it means to be following him. And it's almost as though we end up being in darkness when he is the light of life. And if we're walking around in darkness, it's not because of him. It's because of choices that we've made and situations that we've allowed ourselves to get into. Remember who he is. Jesus also said in John chapter 8, verse 58, Very truly I tell you, before Abraham was born, I am. Jesus said, I'm speaking to those of you that are from a traditional background that was the Hebrew faith. He always spoke in affirmation of that. But he saw what he was offering as a fulfillment of what had already been provided. And he said, before Abraham, who you have such great confidence in, before he was even born, I am. Do you remember that in Exodus, God said to Moses, when you go and the people ask you who I am, just say, I am. I am who I am. In John chapter 11, verse 25, Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. I assure you, many of our brothers and sisters who passed away as a result of COVID, have already begun their rejoicing at knowing that death is not the end. Beyond the grave, there is victory. Jesus said in John 15, 5, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. It is so significant that when we recognize that God is God, that we realize that when we are in a completely right relationship with him, we are going to be fruit bearers, leading others to faith in Jesus. I, I, I think... Uh, with fondness of the work that is being done in other churches today. 
Uh, you are one of 530 congregations that are part of the Baptist Convention of New York. Those churches are here in this city, all throughout this state, and in four other states. God is at work in all of those places. And as he is at work, each location has the opportunity of bearing witness for him, not just where they meet today, but in the places they live throughout the week. Jesus also said in Revelation chapter 1, verse 8, I am the Alpha and the Omega, who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. When you think of God being God, there are so many places in Scripture to look to give you affirmation about who God is and what he does, and in particular what Jesus as the Son of God offered to the entire world as he came and lived, ultimately died, was buried, and rose again. But as I think of our God and him being God, one passage that so often comes to mind for me is in Deuteronomy chapter 32, verse 7, which says, remember the days of old. Consider the generations long past. Ask your father and he will tell you, your elders and they will explain to you. And then it goes on in the following portions of scripture, when the Most High gave the nations their inheritance, when he divided all mankind, he set up boundaries for the peoples according to the number of the sons of Israel, for the Lord's portion is his people. Jacob, his allotted inheritance. God, being God, chose the people that he wanted to be his followers. And he set them aside. And then it refers to the fact that he shielded Jacob and cared for him. He guarded him as the apple of his eye. Just like an eagle that stirs up its nest and hovers over its young, that spreads its wings to catch them and carries them aloft, the Lord alone led him. Do you realize that God is leading you and I today? I believe he wants to lead us even more than we want to follow but it, especially in times of desperation, we seem to be more willing to follow. I did uh, take the liberty of looking at uh, the message, uh, paraphrase, for this passage in Deuteronomy 32, where it says, read on what happened. Read back over the things in the Old Testament and the New Testament. Recognize those things that God has said in the past. And he even says, dig into the past. 
understand your roots. Can I just say to you, it is no shame or disgrace where we came from. It is not a matter of shame and disgrace what we have experienced in the past. It is our privilege now that God has found us to let him, in essence, create us brand new. That's what I think he's in the process of doing, making something new out of us. But when we look at these statements about digging into the past, understanding our roots. He says, ask the old ones. They'll tell you a thing or two. I think that's true in every culture, isn't it? If we'll take the time to ask the older ones, they have a thing or two they'd like to say to us. Sometimes we're too busy, too preoccupied, and sometimes the fact is we just disregard some of what they have to say to us. But the reality is God has been a great God in the lives of those before us, in our lives, and will be in the lives of those that come after us. In Isaiah chapter 43, verses 18 and 19, we're told to forget the former things do not dwell on the past. And would you just pause and think about that? I just had read to you from Deuteronomy 32 that says, remember the days of old. And now in Isaiah 43, it's saying, forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. Do you realize that sometimes there are those things from the past that are very worth remembering? But sometimes there are things from the past that if we dwell on them too much, we are going to be so completely preoccupied with what happened back then that we cannot allow God to work in our lives today. And in Isaiah 43, when he says, forget those former things, do not dwell on the past, he says, see, I am doing a new thing. And I like the next word that says, now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? God is in the process of doing something brand new among us. I, you know, Pastor Daniel, I cannot help but think as I stand here today about the difference from your previous meeting place and some of those times that I had to visit you there and seeing you here today, I must say to you the biggest difference today is uh, I don't get to see your smiles uh, because uh, you've chosen and needed to mask those smiles. Uh, but God was at work then and he's at work now. He was at work last year when I had the opportunity to join you virtually. He's at work today as we are here together face to face. But God is about to do something new and somewhat different. 
what he is about to do is going to be such a refreshing difference than what we've experienced in the past that the simple truth is we are going to simply be overjoyed. We are going to be rejoicing in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. When I come back to the passage in Isaiah 43, verse 19, in again using the message paraphrase, it says, don't keep going over old history. Be alert. Be present. I am about to do something brand new. What is it that God wants to do brand new in you today? What is it that God wants to do brand new in your family today? What is it that God wants to do brand new in Compass Fellowship Church today? What is it that God wants to do brand new in your neighborhood and your community today? God always is at work. And the reality is he just wants us to find him and join him in what he is doing. I could not help but think as I walked from the parking garage over here today, just the privilege of walking the street and seeing the people that are here and recognizing the lives that are being lived right in this section of your community. God is about to do something brand new. Can I just point out to you that in the past, God did some very amazing things that were so amazing that historians have written very much about it. But what God is about to do is brand new and will have a greater impact than all the days before. These next days are the days that God will do his greatest work. I don't know about you, as he does it, I don't want to miss the opportunity of being a part of what he's going to do. I want to experience that transforming power of God being at work in my life. Uh, and, uh, you know, I come back to that uh, uh, chorus that was written from Psalm 68, verse 1. Let God arise. Let God arise. Let his enemies be scattered. But let the righteous be glad. Yes, let the righteous ones rejoice with gladness. God has triumphed mightily. Boy, I want to be a part of all of the victory that lies ahead. It will be stunningly, remarkably impactful upon our lives and on the lives of others. Sometimes I'm afraid we get discouraged by the troubles that we've seen 
rather than being lifted up by the God who has all the power that exceeds all that we can ask or think. And he who is able to do that does not want us to be bogged down by the worries and cares that have been holding us back. Let God make positive changes in you in these next days. I do want to uh, close today by just asking you to take time throughout this week to consider who God is, who Jesus stated that he was in his I am statements. Because as we reflect on who God is and who Jesus was in working in the lives of people then and now, we're raised up to the opportunity to experience everything that he wants to do in and through us in these next days. Just a couple of weeks ago, I had the opportunity of going back to visit the church where I received Christ. They were celebrating their 100th anniversary, and no, I was not there when they uh, organized. But to, uh, to really let it sink in on me, as they celebrated their 100th anniversary, this year I've been celebrating my 50th anniversary since surrendering to the call to ministry. And I look back on what God did in that little church in a community of less than 300 people and how many lives have been changed because of what he did in that place all those years ago. Pastor Daniel, I'd like to think that 50 years from now we can look back at Compass Fellowship Church and say, is it not remarkable all that God has done? Look at all the lives that have been changed. Look at the impact that has been made not just on this corner, but throughout this city throughout this state, throughout this region, and throughout our entire world. Because God is a mighty God. That's why we need to be looking to him. Let God arise. Let his enemies and all of our struggles be dealt with. Let God arise. Let the victory be won. That victory has to begin in you and me. If it does not begin in us, it will not be seen in the lives of others. Let God do his work in you. Let God do his work in me. Let God be praised. Would you bow your heads, please? Father, thank you. Thank you for who you are. Thank you that you are of the nature 
that it is our heart's desire to see you arise and to see your enemies be scattered. God, when we remember things from the past, let us see you at work even in the struggles that we experienced. But let us not dwell on anything from the past. Let our joy unspeakable be based upon today's walk with you. Lord, even today there may be someone in this place that needs to begin their walk with you because they may not have really chosen to follow you yet. If that's the case, let them become followers of Jesus today. And Father, for those that are followers but are struggling today, give encouragement all through this week. Provide hope. Give confidence that you are able to do far beyond what we ask or think. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. God bless you.